0: let's invite our speaker for this morning our dear heavenly father thank you so much lord for the word that is in our hands give us wisdom open our eyes that so we see wonderful things out of your word in jesus name we pray amen your notes we're in james chapter 3 last week we began by talking about the tongue and he gave us two examples the ship and the and the horse and we are diving into what he has to say next okay ready ready lick your pens let's go there are peacemakers and there are peace breakers agreed there are peacemakers and there are peace breakers there are some people who through everything that they try to do they try and bring peace they even to their own harm even to their own loss they will try and bring peace and there are some people if there's peace it bothers them they have to break it there are some people who everything they say and do just kind of brings a divide and a break. there are peacemakers and there are peace breakers and the point i'm trying to make is the intentionality of each There are people who are like that, but they are like that because they want to be. Everything we say is either contributing to peace and harmony or not. Everything we say is either contributing to peace and harmony or not. James in this passage today says this, verse 18, last verse of chapter 3. A harvest of righteousness, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace. How? By those who make peace. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So you have harvest and you have sowing. When you sow big, you harvest. So if you want a harvest of anything, you've got to sow big. So may- people who make peace by sowing peace, they get a harvest of peace which leads to righteousness. So peacemaking is intentional. Either you're a peacemaker or you're not. Either you bring together or you take apart. There is no middle ground. Peacemaking is intentional and we have to commit to being one. And today I want us to put ourselves under the, you know, the microscope and ask God to, 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 to make us those kind of people. To be in that family, the person in our family is the person who brings about peace. And this results in living wisely. So we're going to use those two words together, wisdom and peace. They're going to come together in this passage. I, I, I was reminded of another passage. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says, Look carefully then on how you circle walk. Look carefully on how you walk. Circle walk. Look at yourself. Watch yourself. Just, just observe the way you do things, the way you say things, the way you talk. Look at yourself. Listen to your tone. Listen to your relationships. Listen, watch the way you deal with people, especially conflicts and difficult circumstances. Just carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Not as unwise but as wise. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of God? That you have a short period of time and use it properly for your relationships by keeping peace. What does that mean? It means that time is of the essence when it comes to relationships. You are on the earth for a few days, for a few months, for a few years. Yesterday I was at a, at, a, at a funeral, a memorial service of somebody who died young. We never ex- expected it. Death is any time, any time. And none of us are dispensed from it. None of us... Now the point is that you can be so comfortable with pouting. You know what pouting is? You know? When the face gets all withered up and you decide to inhale... The other way around and you want a break from somebody specific in your life so they are, you're upset with them so you pout and pouting is basically becoming an atheist that you don't believe that person exists and you are comfortable with one hour two hours one day three days of being in broken fellowship with the people that God has given you in your life and where God's will is that you should reconcile and be at peace your will is uh-uh, so say that again? Where God's will is that you should reconcile and be at peace and not lose a moment of fellowship together because you are constantly to, be, to live in love with one another. Your will is, uh-uh. I want to pout. I want to give them, I want to punish them by not being in their life. By the way, it's not punishment. It's a holiday. <laughs> but you do that. And we are comfortable with a day, two days, five days, and soon that five days turns to five years. And we are comfortable with broken fellowship. And that cannot be. That is not the will of God. So James says the challenge is in controlling our tongue because after what we say is what we don't say. We say something, that breaks the relationships, and then we don't say anything after that, and the relationship is broken. We're still in the, gospel, in, the in the book of James, we're still in chapter 3, and he has begun by giving us the two, uh, uh, two, two examples of the tongue. One is a wild horse. A wild horse can be controlled by a bit, and a large shipman can be controlled by a small rudder. Remember that one? Everybody remember that one? So wild can be controlled, large can be controlled by a small thing. A great fire can come about by a small spark. The control is not over something big, it's over something small. Today he takes you to what's behind the tongue and that is the mind. He takes you to the mind that is behind the tongue. And he says, where does this mind get its wisdom from? Because there are two sources of wisdom, and depending on what, where that wisdom is coming from, that's what's going to rule that mind, and whatever's ruling that mind, that's where the yakity yak is going to come from. That's how the tongue is going to run. Tongue's going to run based on the wisdom that's coming into the mind, and the wisdom comes from two places, there are two types of wisdoms, and either you're operating on that wisdom, Or that wisdom, one or the other, and there's nothing in between. That's what James is going to put to us. Let me read the passage for us. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Where there's jealousy, where there's selfish ambition, there will be disorder every vile practice. For wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. If you back up the truck a little bit in James, James says, show me your faith by showing me your works. You don't have any works to prove for it? I don't believe you have faith. Why? Because faith has fingerprints. Remember that? Remember that? Faith has fingerprints. If faith walks in the room, you're going to know. You're going to know that faith has been active here. Faith is alive here. So the body, the flesh that faith takes on is works. And that is how we know faith exists. He says the same for wisdom. Where there's wisdom, either of the two wisdoms, it's going to show up in your behavior. It's going to show up on your dashboard. Wisdom is seen in works. It's seen in actions. You could see it on the dial. So he says, do you think you're smart? Do you think you're wise? Let me ask you, which wisdom do you think you have? what are you operating on where are you getting your wisdom from james is asking directly verse 13 who is wise and understanding among you question mark then he says by his good conduct let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom the meekness because wisdom is never proud in the meekness of wisdom write it down your behavior your behavior is your dashboard your behavior is your dashboard dashboard is the thing in the front of your car that tells you the state of your car state of your speed, state of your, of your uh, engine, it tells you the state of your fuel, the dashboard. Your behavior is your dashboard. Watching your behavior, you can tell where, where you're getting your wisdom from. Are you with me? Everybody's operating on some wisdom, right? Hopefully, right? And, but your behavior reveals wh- where that wisdom is coming from. By his good conduct, that's wisdom, that's behavior, let him show, that's, display, show his works in meekness. Write this one down as well. Your motive makes you authentic. Your motive makes you authentic. Look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. Uh-uh, whoa, that's the motive. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. Do not boast and be false to the truth. Here's what's happening. Your motive makes you authentic. If you have bitter jealousy and if you have selfish ambition, you can't claim to be getting your wisdom from God. You cannot claim that you know God. You cannot claim that you are saved. If you have bitter jealousy and you have selfish ambition, just check those two things. Stop. Calm down. Check those two things. Not robbing, stealing, sex, and all of the other it's just just these two things bitter jealousy and selfish ambition not little jealousy bitter jealousy karwa jalan we figured that out in the first service where does that show up? bitter jealousy I can't believe she's got one now cannot believe she was able to do it cannot believe he got that why does he have to always, get you know, And you stew on it, and you stir, and stir, and raise the heat, and lower the heat, and stir. Wake up, stirring, go to sleep, stirring. We're not just talking about jealousy, we're talking about bitter jealousy. And that bitterness is not an emotion, it's a root. Hebrews says it's a root, it goes through and through like cancer it makes every cell in your body black (coughs) bitterness riveted with bitterness bitterness is not something you feel, jealousy is something you feel but bitterness is something you become when you've been feeling jealous for too long and you can become spiritually bitter also spiritually jealous also because other people's blessings become a problem to you. and James is just saying, check, put the stethoscope on the heart and check if there's bitter jealousy or there is selfish ambition. On the street, you're trying to take over me and you want three seconds of being in front and after us is a traffic jam. Hardly three meters down the road, 100 meters down the road, it's another traffic dam. We're, we're heading for a red light. If you live in Delhi, there's a red light every 200 meters. There's a red light coming. Where well are you rushing to? But still, just that moment, you know that feel? How they, just, get, they just, just just get in front. And there's this selfish ambition, me, I want, I want it first, first me, then everybody else. He says, if you could see these two things, If you can see this, don't boast in your heart and don't be false to the truth. You do not have the wisdom of God. Why? Verse 15, this is not the wisdom that comes from above. Underline it. This is not the wisdom that comes from above. So James is now going to define two types of wisdom, two sources of wisdom. And he says we are operating either with one or the other. Please get this. Please get this. There is no third not even the option of not operating from any wisdom as much as you would like to believe that about some of your children okay there is either one or the other one is earthly which is what you got one is fleshly earthly unspiritual and demonic earthly unspiritual and the very fact that the bible says that's there it means it's there it means that kind of a wisdom drives us and if it's not godly wisdom it's this wisdom are you getting this are you getting this there's not an option to this there is not a third option to this look at it this is not a wisdom that comes from above the word above or the word from heaven is another word for God because in the old testament they would not refer to you know, in the Old Testament, even the, even the apostles and others, they came from out of the Old. They're not going to refer to God the person. They're going to refer to heaven. They say, good heavens. Yeah? Or for heaven's sake. The reason they say that is because they want to divert. They are referring to God where he is, but they're not, referring, not, they're not pointing to God. So they're actually saying, James is actually saying, this wisdom doesn't come from God. Not that there's a wisdom department in heaven and from there they're downloading wisdom to you. We're talking about God. This wisdom is not from God. So if it's not from God, then it's from something else. This is not the wisdom that comes from above. It is earthly, it is unspiritual, and it is demonic. What happens, James? What happens when I allow selfish ambition? When I allow selfish when I allow bitter jealousy to just stay in me? What happens when I operate from these two things? He says this is what happens. Verse 16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, you've allowed it to exist. You've given it a shot. You've given it some cupboard space. You've given it a room in your house. Here's what happens. When you do that, when jealousy and selfish ambition find a foothold in your home, there will be, number one, disorder. There will be disorder. And number two, there will be every type of vile practice you will not have the strength to give in to to to, uh, to not give in to temptation you will not have the strength to say no to yourself you will not allow you will not be able to control yourself from the ego just letting loose you will not be able to explain when this damage control is going to end so you say things and you find that everything rests in the rest of your life. The rest of your life, your days, your time is spent fixing, fixing, fixing the damage that you cause from the words that came from the wisdom that is not from above. Is everybody with me? Is everybody with me? There's disorder. Disorder in your relationships. Disorder in your communication. Disorder in your marriage. Disorder in your career. Disorder in the focus and purpose of your life. In the direction of your life. There is disorder. Where there is selfish, say it. Selfish ambition and? He says there will be every vile practice. Every vile practice. So that's the earthly wisdom. That's the demonic wisdom. That that means there is a demonic wisdom. It means that Satan is giving you the worldly wisdom in some way or the other. He's making you think like he does don't lose, I don't want to lose you here. He's making you think like, it's called influence. You will be fishers of men. He's making you think like he does. How does Satan make you think like him? How does Satan make you think? It says demonic, right? So how does Satan make you think like him? How does he get his way of thinking into your mind? Media. Media popularity around you what everybody else is going for what those who don't know about wisdom from above and live by wisdom of the world they will speak into your life that way of thinking he will get your friends to tell you not your enemies he will get the media to tell you he will put on put it on TV and he will he will glorify it and make the vilest of things look super cool and somewhere inside you After Sunday morning of praising, hallelujah, Lord, you are holy, I am holy, we're all holy. You can go back and on Tuesday and Thursday evening and Friday night, you can do the things, say the things and think the things that God would never. And you come back on Sunday morning feeling like dirt and you wonder, how is it possible that I can be okay with both? Answer, you're allowing Satan... You are, allowing, you, are, you are allowing Satan to influence the way you think. This wisdom is not from above. It is from below. You're either operating from his wisdom or God's wisdom. The wisdom from above is this. So you have your behavior, which is your dashboard. You have your motive, which is authentic. Authentic. Don't speak false to the truth. And you have your discernment, which is crucial. Write it down. You have your discernment which is crucial. If you cannot tell the difference, my brother, my sister, my friend, if you cannot tell the difference between wisdom that is from the devil and wisdom that is from God, then you do not have discernment. Discernment is crucial. Because when you realize what's coming from God, you will apply that to your marriage. You'll apply that to your destiny. You'll apply that to your parenting. When you understand that this is of God, God thinks like this, you will apply it confidently and you will believe in the results that come from God at work in your life. Why do we not do it? Why do we not put God's word first? Why do we not give our time and attention and priority to things of God, the people of God, and the work of God? Because deep in our hearts, we don't really truly believe We don't really truly believe that we need God's wisdom to live our lives. But what I want to tell you is if you don't have God's wisdom to live your life, the only other wisdom that's available to you is coming from the devil. And if you think you are not influenced by him, you're joking, you're fooling yourself. You need discernment. Discernment is crucial. And discernment comes from being spiritually alive, from being born again, from having the Holy Spirit, from knowing God personally. Those who don't know what I'm talking about right now are those who are not born again. They're still dead to God. They're not awakened. They're people of the night. Their their spirit has not been awakened to the things of God. And they could have grown up in church for crying out loud. We call them unbelievers. This is not the wisdom that comes down from heaven. James, the half-brother of Jesus, is saying this. For jealousy and selfish ambition exist. There's disorder. And, but let's talk about the wisdom that comes from above. So write this down. Your advantage is having the Holy Spirit. Your advantage is having the Holy Spirit. Why? Because now that you have discernment, which is crucial, you now have access by birth to earthly wisdom and by rebirth or, or being born again to godly wisdom. Did you get that? Did you get that? You now, you now have an alternative. You have an option. You have, by birth, you have access to the flesh, to the devil and, his, and the media, of course. You just had to put Facebook on and it's they, right there. Okay, and then you've got access by the Holy Spirit to the wisdom of God. He is the deliverer. He's the one who, he's the messenger. He's the one who gets the wisdom of God to you through the word of God. So write it down. Your advantage is having the Holy Spirit. Look at what he says in verse 17. We're coming close to the end, so so say hallelujah. But the wisdom from above is firstly pure, peaceable, gentle, open reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial and sincere. Here's nine. Nine advantages to having the Holy Spirit. Allow me to work through this with you. If you have the Holy Spirit... These are the nine ways you will find wisdom available to you for your daily life. Okay? And after this, I'm going to come back to you on how you can have the Holy Spirit. But first, let's go through the nine. He says, first of all, it is not of this world. It is from above. It is not of this world. I've given you the whole thing. So you don't even have to fill in the blanks. Are you looking for the blanks? Don't look for the blanks. They're not there. Right? Okay. So number one, it is not of this world. Please look at me. Otherwise, I get get insecure. (laughs) It is not of this world. Why is that a good thing? Because if I can get wisdom that is outside of my situation, outside of my globe, my world, my climate, outside of my problems, if I can get wisdom from above, I get an aerial view of my life and where this is going. If I'm just walking six foot tall, right? which is the opposite of six foot under. That's how close I am to the end, okay? Six foot over the ground, six foot under the ground. Well, if I'm walking six foot tall, my vision of life from here on is very limited, bleak. I see walls, I see people, I see bumps, I see booms, I see limitations. I see weather. I see gray. I see. But my wisdom from above gives me a perspective from outside of my life. I see myself first and foremost from that perspective. I see me down there. I see that even if there's a wall around me or in front of me, even if my life is not heading and it doesn't look from my perspective, you say, dude, Jeremy, wait, hang on. It's going to be okay. The future is looking good. Everything's going to be fine. We got the wisdom thing happening from above. Colossians chapter 3. If you are born in Christ, if you are raised with Christ, set yourselves up in Christ and get a perspective from heaven down. So the Holy Spirit, the first and foremost advantage of a person who has the Holy Spirit, He gives you God's perspective on your life, your past, your future, your disappointments. Your discouragements, your disengagements, and your pain. He gives you a perspective from there. The best part of it is that it's from the outside in. It's from the outside in. The second advantage of having the Holy Spirit, it is free from worldly and fleshly interferences. It is free from worldly and fleshly interferences. What are those interferences? My emotions. The chaos of my emotions. And the sickness of my flesh. Because I am so influenced by how I'm feeling my emotions so influenced by how I'm feeling my physical body if I'm tired you're gonna get it if I haven't slept well don't expect the best from me so everything I ever give to you give you my marriage my, my my best friends my team members everything I give you comes from this body and from my emotions how I'm feeling the wisdom that comes from above is distanced from that. It is pure. It is pure. It is uncontaminated by my emotions and by my physical feelings. Number three, it is peaceable. It is committed to preserving the relationship even when my out of control behavior is destroying it. Is that too complicated? Did you get that? Yeah, we go over it again. Number three, it is committed to preserving the relationship. What relationship? You and me, we're having a face-off, we're having a disagreement, we're not okay, I'm flying off the handle, you're flying off the handle, but the wisdom, is the advantage of having the Holy Spirit, the wisdom that the Spirit of God gives me in that point of time makes sure that I build for peace. I bring peace, I connect with peace, I say the things that are peaceable. I don't say the things that at that moment destroy my relationship and distance me even more. Gosh, when we are fighting, we know how to distance even more. All the worst, stupidest things we ever said is while we were fighting. Not over a date. Not over a nice dinner in Nanking. No, no, no. Those are not the times we say the divisive things. The time we say the divisive things is when division is already happening right now. And instead of foolishly, we divide further rather than bringing. Peace, but the Spirit of God reveals wisdom from above that at that moment, even when I'm flying off the handle, even when I'm uncontrolled in my behavior, I'm able to bring about peace. Not you, not her, not him, God. God brings about that. Peaceable. So it's first pure, it's peaceable, then it is also gentle. It deals gently with people who rub me the wrong way while everything within me wants to hurt them with my words. And we are experts. The gift of vocabulary hits us like a, like a revelation just in that moment. And we know our spouses well. We know our spouses well and we know our loved ones well. And we know just the two, three words that know to tear them apart. And we want to rip them apart. Instead, the wisdom of God allows us to be gentle. Allows us to be gentle. So your words are gentle. Can you be gentle while you're mad at somebody? Only God can allow you that. Only God can give you that strength. To deal gently with people who rub me the wrong way. He says the fifth thing he says is you are open to reason (laughs) you are open to reason i love this one see it suspends my sovereignty it suspends my superiority and allows me to listen to an alternative opinion just maybe just just maybe she's right come on king kong Calm down, brother. Just maybe she's right. Are you with me? The wisdom of God in that moment when everything in, believe, in you believes, I'm right and I deserve and I'm... God gives you that ability and that wisdom because you're not operating from the flesh. You're not operating from the man. You're operating from the son of man and you, you, you get them. Lord, what do you think? And he'll be like, she was right all along. You sure? Yeah. Okay, I'll go with this. I'm like, you're right. Right now, this is your prayer for somebody in your life. Right now, you're wishing that somebody in your life would be open to reason. But I want you to know that they are praying for you also. It suspends sovereignty. You know that word I'm using it sarcastically. It suspends my sovereignty and allows me to listen to an alternative uh, uh, opinion. Oh, I love the next one. Verse number six, it says you're full of mercy. Full of mercy. This wisdom from above is full of mercy. It gives you a tank full of mercy before people could offend you. It gives you a tank. Mercy of the Lord is new every. Morning. Yeah, the, he gives you a tank full of mercy and said, today people are going to mess you up. Today people are going to offend you. Can you imagine she offending you? Can you, can you, can you even imagine it? Can't imagine it, what's eh? oh, already happened <laughs> this, this, this morning. Okay. Ask the others. It's coming. Okay, Ghaziabad or whatever, I don't care, it's coming. And, and you just can't imagine that what is, yeah. And they are going, if you're living on this planet, the same one I'm on, they're going to offend you. In all probability, they're going to offend you. If you're walking six foot tall, eye to eye, with you, they're going to offend you. You know what wisdom from above does? It says, <laughs> here, you'll need it. So you walk into life, into marriage, into relationships, into business deals, already ready to forgive. With a tank full of mercy, you're already ready to forgive. And when people come your way and they goof up, they mess up, they screw up, they get a tank full of mercy from you and that keeps the peace, keeps the relationship and your life is a lot more richer. Let me put it this way. Do you like hanging out with people who are not easily offended? Do you like hanging out with people who are not easily Do you feel a lot more lighter and easier, chilled out with people who are a lot less? You, you know that you don't have to be on, on, on eggshells. You don't have to watch every word. Because there are some people like that. They're they're, they're committed to offense. They're ready to be offended. Like you just have to breathe in their direction and they're offended. And you you don't want to be around people like that. But a person who's full of mercy and is so secure in themselves because they've received mercy. Oh, it's fun to be with them. Because you know that if you have done anything wrong, you will find mercy. And very quickly you can get right with them. But at least the relationship is still... Secure. But if your relationship is threatened at every offense, I repeat. If your relationship is threatened at every offense, sooner or later, you're going to walk out of that relationship. You can't handle that kind of damage control. Mercy. 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 Full of mercy. Number seven. And good fruits. Good fruits. Fruits with an S on the end. That means different types of fruits. Look at what he says. He says, it results in all sorts of good results because I was peaceable, because I was gentle, because I was merciful, because I was open, because I was all these things, because of the wisdom that God gave to me, I was able to keep things under control. Look at me, look at me. Because everything was under control and the relationship is intact, now this opens up a, a, a whole bunch of variety of opportunities for us to do things together, live together, work together, think together, dream together, because the relationship is not destroyed. The whole energy of the relationship isn't in keeping the relationship. Let me say that again. All the energy doesn't go into just keeping the relationship. You, beyond that because there's lots of mercy lots of grace lots of thinking lots of open-mindedness lots of open to reason since that is there the relationship is now secure you are now able to open up your life to so many opportunities to serve together to work together to dream together to travel together to win together good fruits good fruits number eight impartial it gives everyone an equal chance at being right with me it gives everyone an equal chance to be right with me. It tears down walls that I build toward some people. Let me break that down for you. He uses the word impartial. The wisdom from above is impartial. Impartial means that everybody has the same shot at peace with me. We're not partial. We're not impartial. We're pretty partial guy, okay. Your boss, oh, check, like a you, you know, let's, let's, it's okay. Sir, it's okay. No no problem, sir. No problem, sir. Yeah. There's patience. There's mercy. There's grace. Open mindedness for everybody else but the people who are dearest in your life, most valuable in your life. And there are gine chune, chosen people for whom your walls are higher and thicker. not right the wisdom from above makes you impartial which means everybody has a clear clean shot at your mercy at your grace at your joy at your life at your forgiveness everybody is has equal access to it that's what it means to be impartial and lastly it says what it means it says what it means the wisdom from above gives you the ability to say what you mean and mean what you say why because after you have applied the other eight and your relationship is clear and solid and safe you are able to tell the truth and you're able to tell people what you're really feeling because you are safe people want to be around you because you're full of mercy they're not going to leave you so you can tell the truth people want to be around because you're gentle so they'll stick around they're not going to leave you because you can tell the truth you can tell the truth because you've already allowed the wisdom of God to rule in all areas of your life. People aren't going to run away from you. They're not going to turn on you. You are secure. And because you're secure, you can say what you mean and mean what you say. Otherwise, if you're manipulating everybody to stay in your life, you're going to twist the truth, modify the truth, cover, sugarcoat the truth, and you're going to hold it to yourself and never tell what you're really feeling because you're scared people are going to leave you. Well they're not leaving you because of the truth you didn't tell they're leaving you because you don't have gentleness you don't have patience you don't have mercy you don't have partiality impartiality those are the reasons why they don't stick around you want a harvest of righteousness you want a harvest of righteousness you need to sow peace and peace is sown by peace makers peace is sown by peace commit yourself today to become a peacemaker and remember that the time for peacemaking comes in the middle of a fight not when you're having a zen moment or in between chow mein or something like that or when life is really good or you're laughing your guts off in the middle of some stand-up comedy that's not the time for peace the commitment you're making today is that in the heart and heat of my argument and my displeasure with people, I will become a peacemaker, not a peacebreaker. My brothers and sisters, my friends, if we're looking for a harvest of righteousness in our lives, harvest begins with, write it down, sowing. Harvest begins with sowing. Write it down. You sow peace. You sow peace. If you sow peace, what are you going to get? Peace. Righteousness. Okay? Peace is possible from the wisdom that comes from above. God's wisdom comes from God's mind. God's mind is revealed in God's word. I lost you. I lost you, you're not listening. Let me do this. We're closing, very important. Peace is possible from the wisdom that comes from above. Wisdom of the world, selfish ambition, bitter jealousy. Wisdom from above, peace. Peace is possible from the wisdom above. But the wisdom of God, that's God. God's wisdom comes to us from God's mind. God's mind is revealed in God's word. So the more you get God's word into you, the more you allow the word of God to be in you, reading, meditating, reading, meditating, reading, meditating, thinking, memorizing, reading, meditating, the more you have a shot of thinking like God. I started by asking you, do you understand how Satan makes you think like him? Told you the answer to that one. Now I ask you, do you understand how God makes you think like him? Through his word. Through his word. And once you get his word into you, you then have access to the Holy Spirit's advantages. Nine advantages. So if you don't have this coming easy in your life, this is going to hurt. What I'm about to say is going to hurt. If you don't have these coming easy in your life, and all of this is a real struggle, I ask you to step back, stop, and take a hard look at yourself. It's because you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit is God, when God comes to live in you, it is because you have never believed. Because the Bible says, you will believe, when you believe, you will be saved. When you believe, you will be saved. So there are two steps. I believe. God, you're right. I am sinful. Jesus died on the cross for me. He shed his blood to pay for my sin. And he took my place. Now I take his place as being the son of God here on earth. As being like Christ here on earth. His character for mine. My character on him. That's the divine swap. I believe. I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe Jesus is my Savior. I believe. When I believe, God saves me. How does God save me? He reaches down and He forgives my sin, and He gives me the Spirit of God to be in me as a down payment that I am saved, and number two, to lead me into all righteousness. That means to dispense to me the mercy and the wisdom of God, to live my life here on earth, five feet tall, on the flesh uh, flesh and bone, but on the mud as I walk, to live God's life here on earth. Me on earth, but living God's life because He gives me His wisdom. His spirit does that, nothing else. It has nothing to do with miracles, nothing to do with signs, nothing to do with any of that. All that is Satan's distraction. What he really wants to do is fix your marriage. What he really wants to do is give you powerful life, powerful words powerful impact, powerful influence. He wants to make you a blessing. He wants, to make you, he wants to make you confident in everything you do. He wants every step you take to be in his name. He wants you to walk this earth with pride. And when you step into eternity, out of time into eternity, he wants you to walk into his presence. And so the first thing he wants to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You can take a rest now. You've worked hard. You did well. It's not about anything else, but God has called you to a life of victory. To a life of victory. He doesn't want you to wallow in bitterness. He doesn't want you to wallow in pain. Is there suffering and pain? Yes, but therein lies the the strength. Does he allow you to go through divorce and hard times and and stretches and pains and relational conflicts? Yes, but therein lies the victory. There's where you see full of mercy. Are you with me? Are you with me? God wants you to walk as tall as heaven while you're on earth. So He gives you the wisdom and the Holy Spirit gives you that. So if you do not have the Holy Spirit, if you do not have the strength to do all of this, if this is not in your life and in your way you think, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's because you've never truly believed. You've come to church, you've believed in church, you, you were, your mother was pregnant with you when she came to church, you, everything you ever did, Christmas and Easter, oh, great! But you're not a Christian, you're not a believer, you're not a disciple of Jesus until you have believed. You can even have a Christian name for all I care, but you're not a believer until you have believed. Because that's what make, makes believers, those who believe. What have you believed? Jesus Christ saved me and Jesus Christ is my Lord. That means he orchestrates and commands my destiny and my day. I will not be sad because he has asked me to be happy. I will not whine because he has asked me to rejoice. I will not leave because He's asked me to cleave. I will not be unfaithful because He's asked me to be faithful. He decides I live. And that is where the wisdom comes from. That wisdom then comes and becomes your everyday advantage for a life of victory. God doesn't want you to be happy. God wants you to be victorious. God wants you to be on top of it. God wants you to be a conqueror. And that is what God is more interested in than feelings. With every head bowed and every eye closed, when God speaks... We don't get up and walk away. We speak back to him. We answer. We say something. So in the privacy of your own heart, in the quietness of your own spot, wherever you are, say, Lord, this is what I'm understanding. Is this correct? God, if this is the case, this is what I want to say back to you today. Lord, I haven't been genuine or I haven't really felt this strength in my life. I've not seen these things happen in my life. Or, Lord, yes, there is bitter jealousy in my life. There are signs that I'm living by the wisdom of the world by the devil that he has gotten to me and that's okay because i live on this earth but lord i want access to your wisdom lord i want access to your word you decide say something do something make a commitment make him proud give pleasure to the heart of god this morning with your response thank you thank you lord thank you father thank you lord Jesus take me as I am, I can come no other way, take me deeper into you, make my flesh life melt away, make me like a precious stone, crystal clear and finely honed, life of Jesus shining through. Giving glory back to you May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore. All glory to the Lord Jesus. He is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord.